Well, what a great passage we're coming to this morning, a passage that we probably all know quite well, well, in that we know what it says here, um, and I'm sure we've all heard it spoken on, and we've all read it ourselves and, and have an idea. Um, can I ask you to take the Bible again, if you put it away, turn back to page, was it 981? 981, and just have it in front of you. This morning, I'm not necessarily going to be working through it verse by verse and, and kind of pulling things out of it, but I want you to have it there so that you can see that what I'm saying um, is actually there, and I'm not making it up. And let's just pray together before we look at these words. Our Heavenly Father, we thank you for all that you are and all that you have given us. Thank you for Jesus. Thank you for all your goodness in our lives. Lord, we pray that as we look at your word together this morning, you will prepare our minds to understand. You'll prepare our hearts to receive. And that you'll prepare our hands to take action as a result of what is written here. And we praise you for your word. We know that it is powerful. And we ask you to speak to us now. In Jesus' name. Amen. I wonder if you've ever been asked this question, or if you haven't, I want you to think about it just for a moment. Have you fulfilled your potential? I'm kind of thinking quite broadly to begin with. Have you fulfilled your potential? Uh, this, This might give you a better idea. When I was growing up, my dad used to give me such a hard time for not fulfilling my potential in many ways. But his main problem with me was that he thought I was a jack of all trades and a master of none. He said that I spread myself too thin, and so I didn't fulfill my potential in any one particular area, whereas if I'd focused on that, I I may well have done. So maybe you're the same, and maybe there are areas where you know you've never fulfilled your potential, or maybe you think you have. Maybe you think you've gone as far as you could in certain areas, and you've achieved all that you can to to coin a, a cliche. You have become all that you could be. I wonder how you think. I'm sure we all have different ideas about whether we have fulfilled our potential. But actually, this is not an important or relevant question this morning. And neither is the answer that you've given in your head. So whether you think you have or you haven't isn't relevant right now. What is relevant and important this morning, however, is this question. Is God fulfilling his potential in you? Is God fulfilling his potential in you? and in me, and in us as a church. Folks, the more we grasp the grace that Jesus has given us, the more we love him. And the more we love him, the more we trust him. And the more we trust him, the more we trust, the, the more we trust him, the greater our witness to the love of Jesus is to those around us. God's primary call on all of us as Christians is to love him and to trust him more every day. And today's passage is a reminder of God's calling on all of us to do that. And I think we are all very much like Peter. Some say that Peter wasn't ready to step out of the boat into the water. That's what some of the scholars and commentators and and writers say. Peter wasn't ready. And that's why Jesus says, you of little faith, why did you doubt? But look, Peter was the only one in that boat who did step out. There were 11 others, perhaps, in that boat who were so frightened and so terrified that they would not get out of it. He took the chance. 
And trust me, Peter was scared. For the Jews, the sea kind of represented something really out of control. Something that just stirred up fear in their hearts because they had no control over it. And it was the fourth watch of the night, okay? So it's between 3 and 6 a.m. And here is Jesus standing on the water. And Jesus, by his grace, saw that they were terrified. And he said, take courage because it's I. He says, don't be afraid. Jesus is so good. And then Peter, we all know what Peter's like. Peter just can't contain himself. He's the first one to jump in. And he says, if it is you, Lord, tell me to come and I'll come. And so Jesus says, come. And Peter then learned a great lesson about trust, having stepped out of the boat. I want you to think about what your Sea of Galilee is right now. What's our Sea of Galilee? Because whether the sea is calm or rough, or the wind is passing gently or blowing a gale, where we are right now, where is it that we feel like Peter? Where have we been invited like Peter to come and to step out? What mission has God called you to? Whether it's in your home or in your workplace, with your family or at school or university or with your peers, maybe it's even some form of full-time paid ministry or overseas mission, whatever it is. And as a disciple of Jesus Christ, there should definitely be something popping up in your mind right now. Whatever it is, the first responsibility and the necessary requisite for stepping out or following or going is keeping our eyes on Jesus. See, Peter took his eyes off and he looked at the waves and he began to sink. We have to have Jesus in our view. To follow him, we have to trust him. And it's all really a big learning process. That's what being a disciple is, being a learner. For Peter, when he stepped out of the boat, he was being taught once again by the great teacher. And what was it that Peter learned in this experience? Well, he learned or was still learning more about the powerful one, the all-powerful one, Jesus Christ. Okay, let's just remind ourselves that they had just finished seeing him feed 5,000 men, along with their wives and their children, with two fish and five loaves of bread. They had witnessed a miraculous catch of fish from the beginning. They had witnessed the healing of the blind and the sick and the lame. They would even seen demons being cast out. And now Jesus, who had done all this, is walking on the water, and they still can't believe it. Jesus is all-powerful. He is not a ghost. There he was safely and securely in the midst of the storm. And Peter says, Lord, if it is you, bid me to come. And I will come. And Peter, though his faith was little, stepped out. When I first agreed to go down to Hoth and Malahide as a youth worker, just straight after graduating from Queen's, it was pretty calm seas. Okay, I'd been involved in that church a lot as, as kind of a short-term missions to, to holiday clubs for kids and stuff. And I'd been there. We'd seen holiday clubs for over 200 children, a team of 50 of us involved. And I had been right at the heart of that. 
And to me, Hothan Malahide and, and going there to work with the children and the young people was just caught up in excitement and fun and, and just a real buzz. But of course the reality was different. Because I started work, my first week of employment was the holiday club again. And on Sunday evening, everyone went home. And I was on my own. And to me, that was the wind and the waves. Because my seas suddenly weren't calm anymore. I had stepped out, but what was I going to do now? Because I was afraid. I was terrified. I was really lonely. And I was scared. What was I doing there? But in the midst of all this, Jesus was visible. See, the guy that I went to work for, Gary, was teaching the Bible in such a way that I was seeing Jesus every week. He was being made real to me. The work that was going on there, and it was obvious, people coming to know Jesus Christ. And, and so all the time, amidst my fear and my doubt and my worry, I could see Jesus at work. I could see him there, and I could see what was happening. And I had to keep saying to myself, Jesus, you're here. Bid me to come. And I will go. Folks, where is the wind blowing in our lives right now? Where, where are the rough waters? What situation in your life as a disciple of Christ are things really difficult? Where are you terrified? Well, know that Jesus is there and he bids you to come. How about at work with your co-workers and your family, with your friends? Whatever it is, some sort of mission that you've just been involved in, something that you've just been called to, a, a new leadership role, whatever it might be, where are the waters rough? Where are you worried and scared and apprehensive? Jesus is there. Folks, maybe even this morning, Jesus, the all-powerful one, is calling you to step out into something new. Something where you know the waves are already crashing off the bow of that boat. Maybe Jesus is calling you to go there. Maybe he's saying, come. Peter learned that Jesus is all-powerful again. But he also learned that he was not. Because what happens to Peter when he starts to sink? Oh, you of little faith, why do you doubt? Why are we all so prone to fix our eyes on the circumstances rather than on Jesus Christ? When Jesus saw the wind, sorry, when Peter saw the wind, he was afraid and he doubted. And Jesus asked that question, why? Why did you doubt, Peter? I've read through the Gospels a couple of times at least. And when Jesus asks a question, he knows the answer already. Okay, so he wasn't looking to be enlightened by Peter's response here. He wasn't thinking that Peter's going to tell him something he didn't know. And in fact, there is no response anyway. So why the question? Why did Jesus say to him, why did you doubt? Well, I submit to you it was so that Peter would reflect on his doubting. So that Peter would say to himself, do you know, I am a man of little faith. I am one who doubts. And aren't we so often just like Peter when things seem to be falling apart? When things are breaking down, when things are going wrong or getting hard and the waves are getting high and the wind's blowing up and our eyes are starting to slip slowly off Jesus. What's going to happen? We begin to sink. Just like Peter because fear and doubt floods in. 
I know you've been there. I've been there. And you've asked that question, why, why am I here? What am I doing here in this situation? Why have I got myself caught up in this and now I feel totally out of my depth? What am I doing in the middle of this? And as we're crying out, we are, our eyes are stuck and they're locked on the circumstances and the fear is rising up inside us and we're sinking. And Jesus is the all-powerful one, but we are not. And we're sinking. But Jesus is good all the time. Because Peter cries, Lord, save me. And immediately Jesus reached out his hand and he caught Peter. And together they walked up and they got back in the boat and the wind died down. Jesus is good all of the time. Peter's learning these lessons. And he's growing in his faith. He's growing in the ability to trust the Lord. And he's growing in his ability to step out again. But how do we grow in our faith in Jesus? Well, I'm going to suggest that it's exactly the same way as we first come to faith in Jesus Christ. Because you're coming to faith, that, that moment or that time when we really just realize that, that it's Jesus is who we must follow, we, we stop trusting in ourselves. And we trust in the Lord Jesus. And we trust in his sacrifice on the cross. And we trust that he paid the wages of sin and death. And he took our sins. And we trust that he rose again. And we trust that he's taken us to be his very own. And he has a place waiting for us in heaven. And we trust that he is with us all of the time until then. That's coming to faith. What about growing in faith? Well, it's the same. We stop trusting in ourselves when the circumstances come. And we trust in Christ. And we trust in Christ alone to catch us and to carry us and to teach us and to grow us. Because it's all about him. Jesus teaches us to focus on him and not on the circumstances. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. Because what happens when we lean on our own understanding? We sink. Have you ever been caught by Jesus? How? In what way were you caught? In what way were you sinking and then suddenly because you focused back on Jesus or because he reached out and caught you and turned your eyes back to him? In what way were you caught? Just to go back to my time in Dublin again for a minute, I was caught by Jesus. God was faithful to me. I look back and I know now that because I had stepped out at that time, although I had little faith, when I took my eyes off him, Jesus caught me. The way God was speaking to me and teaching me through his word, the encouragement that I received from people, seeing God at work in the lives of people there, the support and the visits from friends at home, I was lifted by God's faithfulness. When I was sinking, God reached down his hand and pulled me up. Anything and everything like this, when God acts like that, it's all in his grace. All of this is done by God reaching down when we cry out, Lord, save us catching our hand and putting us back into the boat. 
as he calms all of the wind and all of the waves. And he does this not only today, but he promises to do it always and for all his children. I will never leave you or forsake you. There was never a truer word. And so what is our response to his grace and his goodness? What is our response to though he is powerful and we are not, he catches us in the midst of the storm? What's our response? Well, it's the same as the disciples. Immediately, Jesus reached out his hand and caught him. You have little faith, he said. Why did you doubt? And when they climbed into the boat, the wind died down. Then those who were in the boat worshipped him, saying, truly, you are the son of God. Jesus alone is worthy of our worship. He alone is good. He alone is trustworthy. And he alone is God. And we are called to worship him. And we are called to give him the glory. And we're called to share the grace we've been given. But I think this incident, this whole story of Jesus walking on the water, tells us more than the fact that Jesus can catch us in the midst of storms and fear. We could pack up now and go home and, and most of us would be happy enough that we've looked at that story and that's, yeah, that's what we've seen before. When the storms come, Luke, reach out, Jesus is there. Keep your eyes fixed on him. And we could go home and nobody would probably complain. Well, you might, but we would think, you know, yeah, that was okay. I think we'd miss something. I think we have missed something here for so long. Because this incident tells us more than the fact that Jesus can catch us in the midst of storms and fear. I think this story and this incident in Peter's life and in the life of the disciples, this story in our Bibles makes it possible. It shows us that Jesus makes it possible for God's potential to be fulfilled in us. Folks, before Peter was sinking, okay, before the fear gripped him and he, he started to sink. He was walking on the water. Peter was walking on the water. Okay, we're not talking about Jesus here. Jesus who, you know, we, does those things and we think, well, that's Jesus. This is Peter. Peter's like us. And Peter was walking on the water. You see, Peter sees his master and his teacher he sees Jesus out there and he sees Jesus walking on the water and he thinks, well, well, I want to do that too. If my master does it, then I want to do the same. And he did. Because he was able to. He was able to do what Jesus did when he had his eyes fixed on him and when he believed that he could. And he did it. Well, he did at least until he stopped believing that he could. I want you to think for a moment about what God could do in us if we step out of the boat. Wouldn't we then see God fulfilling his potential in us? And I want you to think what stepping out of the boat might look like for you right now what might that actually mean in your life in my life 
What might it really be to say, do you know, I can do it. I can do what Jesus does. Or maybe you've been in a situation where you can see a need and you know what needs to happen. But you think, you know, I'm not the person for that job. I couldn't do that. Well, that's okay, actually, because that's the first step in stepping out. Because we could be saying, I'm not equipped. I have no experience doing anything like that. I'm terrified about the prospect of this. I'm scared that I'm going to make a complete and utter mess. I can do nothing. But I have a God who can do anything. And it's when we step out in faith with our eyes fixed on Jesus that he will do it. (coughs) Stepping out of the boat, though it may scare the wits out of us, is the biggest blessing we can incur on our lives because that's what Jesus asks us to do. (coughs) When he was on the water, Peter said, Lord, ask me to come and I'll come. But at the end of Jesus' ministry on earth and before he was leaving to go up to heaven, he said to his disciples, go. He didn't say come, he said go. He said, I'm not waiting for you to ask me, I'm commanding you. I'm telling you to go and make disciples. Go and share the grace of the gospel of Jesus Christ wherever you are and whatever situation you find yourself in. Whatever God is calling you to do, go and do it. Individually, we have an opportunity today to respond to Jesus and to step out of the boat in so many ways. I've, I've kept it deliberately vague because I don't, I don't know everybody's life. You do. But as we read this passage together this morning, I think we're to be challenged together. What about this community? What about this community of Christ right here that we're part of right now? Are we going to step out of the boat together? Christoph's already talked this morning about church, community, and change. Isn't this an exciting opportunity? A time that we can together step out of the boat? Folks, I encourage you, if that's something that's just been in the background of your mind, you've heard the announcements and you've heard it being talked about, but you, you haven't really thought about it, including you, that it does. And it should. One writer said, A church rooted in the living Lord is a church that encourages people to step out of their comfort zones and invest themselves in face-to-face, person-to-person, hands-on kinds of ministries. In other words, a church which keeps its eyes fixed on Jesus steps out of the boat. Oh, we of little faith. We are, all of us, just like Peter. But I remind you what the Bible says. Faith the size of a mustard seed can move mountains. Because it is God who does the work. Folks, know that Jesus is all-powerful. Accept that we are not. Know that Jesus is always good. Be prepared to see him do great things when we step out of the boat. Trust him. Keep your eyes fixed on him. Worship him. Give him all the glory. And then, and only then, that we put ourselves in a position where God can fulfill his potential in and through us. Amen. Let's pray together.
Lord, we do thank you for your word and we thank you for this well-known story, this well-known incident that we know. And Lord, we pray that this morning you will just send your spirit around and amongst each and every one of us. And Lord, inspire us to step out of that boat. Lord, convince us that when we do and when we fall that you're there to catch us. But Lord, convince us more that when we step out in faith, you will work through us. In the small things and in the big things. Lord, we want to be people who are like you. We want to be people who show Jesus to this community, to this country, and to this world. And Lord, we know we can only do that when our eyes are fixed firmly on you. And we long more than anything to do what you do. Lord, I ask that you will convict each and every one of us of a very specific area in our lives where we need to step out. Lord, just bring it to the fore of our minds and just help us to see that this is what we must do. And as we step out to do it, Give us all that we need by your spirit to keep our eyes fixed on you and to serve you and ultimately to worship you with our lives. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.